do you think you are? Who the fuck do you think you are? Was the question posed to me. Welcome, everybody. I am Sharon Smith, and this is Real Poetry, Woo! where we are the poets that bring you the poetry, picture, and popcorn. I am Sharon Smith once again, and these are my co-hosts, Marvin and Auntie Vise. Uh, wow. Yeah, they're drunk up. Okay, and <laughs> for the love of all money, I got a guest. It is none other than my sis, the no, the notorious, explorious, the one that basically brings the pain. I like to give y'all J. Rowe. That's my teammate. Hey, that's my teammate. That's my brother. That's my friend. There you go. Hey, hey, <laughs> Hi, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for being on the show. Doing good. Oh, thanks for having me. This is a very different experience, but I'm really pumped about it. Oh, yeah. I'm really good. excited to have you, especially for this one. Oh, yeah. For this episode <laughs> I have so much to say. So much to say about this one. Oh, we're here for it. We're here for it. <laughs> so, for people that don't know, if this is the oh, first babe, time here, what, babe, what? You're yelling. I'm picking you up on my mic back here. For people that don't know, he's excited. Why you got He is, but I like it's <laughs> echoing in the house. Like, <laughs> For people who don't know, or this is your first time, welcome. We discuss movies that have poets and poetry, and to show if this is good for not only not not only for poets, but for non-poets. That's how the show goes. And today's movie we're going to talk about is 2013's Things Never Said, starring Solana Hampton. Um, Ilimu um, Nelson, Omari um, Hardwick, to, um, Tamala Jones, and Michael Beach. It was directed and written by Charles Murray. Now, for people who don't know, Charles Murray was the executive producer for several movies and also writer for The Third Watch, The Rookie. For also Luke Cage, of the 2016 Luke Cage. So that's his story. Now, this is his direct, it's not his directorial debut, but this is like his second movie that he's written and done, but he's done a lot of TV stuff. So with this being written and directed by, the synopsis of the story is an inspiring poet is in a troubled marriage Sparks up, sparks with a new man who helps her with her artistic voice. Now, I like to hear some commentary on the movie. And since we have our guest here, I'll let her go first. Jayro, how do you think about this movie? I have to go first? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, um, overall, I thought the movie, well, 
let me just start off by saying the movie really resonated with me and where I'm at right now in life. Um, I thought it was a good story in terms of, you know, just kind of getting to a place where you start to realize like, it's time to let some stuff go. And then trying to, you know, from there shift your focus into what is going to fulfill me. Um, but I thought it was also um, just kind of a good story about, you know, shifting your focus to what does fulfill you and, you know, um, really embracing your idea of happiness, because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, you know, there's so many expectations from people all the time. And sometimes it's really hard to just kind of accept, yo, like, this is what I want to do. This is what makes me happy. So overall, I thought the storyline was, uh, it spoke to me, at least. I thought it was a solid storyline. Okay. Mm. Marvin. I got to agree with uh, Jero on this. This movie, this story actually just spoke out to me, too. As someone who works a job, they just hate who is trying to find themselves creatively. It speaks to me on such an visceral level. And just how they pursue it and continue on this path of self-discovery and is very willing to go out of their way to get out of their comfort zone into another city, another state. Yo, that's pretty brave. Like I recall you when you and I would do that, Sharon, I mean, not that we went to another state, but we would go to Oakland, like willingly every other weekend Mm -hmm. to Oakland and do slams and shit like that. Like, like, so I connected with that really well. Auntie Vice. I thought for the most part, it, was pretty representative of what a lot of poets go through um, in that people don't think of it as a real career. It's kind of your side, do it for fun, nothing to be serious about um, and don't understand the passion that drives it. I know so many people who use it as a form of therapy to try and get uh, whatever they're going through out onto the page and speak to an audience that way and connect that way. Um, and so, like, the relationships and everything in it, I found very realistic. Um, I was a little tired of the heavy-handedness. Like, there was nothing subtle about this movie. And for something that really captured the understanding of what the poetry scene is like, like, the mic she's going to, the slam she's going to, is probably the most realistic that we've seen in any of the films. Yeah. Um, but, like you're just getting flogged with the find your own bullies, be true to yourself. Abuse is wrong. Like it's so like heavy handed. I'm like, well, this is somebody who's writing for people who obviously understand literary devices and they understand symbolism. And he could have been much more subtle in putting this film together. I thought, um, but um, I mean, I think the overall themes ring very true for most people in the poetry world. Yeah. I like this movie. It did have everything that was necessary to make this um inspiring. I mean, it did have the plot was very the plot was very simple and strategic. Um I did feel like uh, how do I say this? I did feel like it was a wake to his hell moment with everything that was going on. I mean, I, I mean, I know it was just one woman, but she did have a friend that had issues, and she did have a, a moment where 
she cheated, you know, doing um mm-hmm. her abusive husband also was with another man. So and I was I was my mind went there. I was listening to the song. I could hear um I I could just hear um the song waiting to I just heard it and I I mean all that I knew was Angela Bass's moment where she threw fire on that thing. I would have been like, yes, yes, <laughs> that's the way we do it here. Blow that shit up. I mean, it was getting close. I was I was waiting for that. That was my moment. I was like, when's it gonna when's the Angela Bassett moment gonna come? When's it gonna come? Man. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I mean, I will agree with Auntie Vice on some things. Like, yes. This movie does do some, I don't want to call them cheap tricks, but they, they kind of essentially are where it speaks to specific people in a very specific genre and culture or subculture where it speaks to them. But then there are also other moments where I'm just going, yo, man, I can't believe it just did that. Like it perpetuates these constant issues and, uh, oh man, yeah. <laughs> So let's let's go let's go play by play. So now, when the movie first starts and stuff, we see that it's, if I remember correctly, it was in the actual poetry she's doing a poem during the first of the part of the movie, and then you know going through the motion, meet her. We meet her. We meet her friend, and then she goes. No, no, no. Actually, no. Incorrect. The first star of the movie was actually the gas station. Face shot. Was no, the, the first yeah, it the was gas. more like a close-up face shot. Of and Ronnie. It was a close-up face shot of Ronnie. No, it was a close-up no, face shot of Kendra. And oh, you see a cl- literal face shot mm-hmm. of Kendra, okay. and she's doing one of her pieces. I can't recall what it is, but but what spoke out to me was find your voice, find your voice, find your voice. She keeps constantly telling herself. Where's your voice? And she does like she blinks a couple of times because she's trying to get herself oh, yeah, in that zone. Yeah, so again, that yeah that. Okay. And again, the I I feel like that immediately grasped like almost everyone in this mm-hmm. podcast. Apparently, three quarters of this podcast because Sharon couldn't remember. <laughs> but called you out, babe. Jay, I did call him out. Jay, unplug so you can laugh. <laughs> but it spoke out i feel like it spoke out to like three quarters of this podcast where they're like find your voice find your voice right try to get into that zone like it's not like we all haven't been there right okay but as it got as she prepared herself and stuff but then it goes to ronnie which i think is a very interesting duality because you see ronnie here there while they both work shit dead-end jobs one doesn't want to do anything about it while the other while she's not doing anything professionally or monetary wise that might get her out of that specific job she's trying to pursue something that is going to be fulfilling for her more in the long run most likely and like i said i related to both those ends i hate my job i hate my nine to five but at the other time I completely get where Kendra's coming from, where she's trying to find this part of her through a creative process. And I can respect both parts of that story. But I think I resonate more with Ronnie when he basically was waiting, you know, telling that white girl, it's like, my white woman, yeah, I don't have those smokes. I don't have that. We're out of Virginia Slims. <laughs> and then she's like, Did, didn't you play basketball? He's like, yeah. 
And, you know, he didn't even have no, he still was like a deadpan, like, yeah, that's me. I feel like Ronnie is what happens when you stop trying to fulfill your your purpose and when you forget you give up on your dreams like he clearly was miserable from the moment you saw him all the way up until the very end there's so much like he's angry but i think a lot of that anger has to do with yeah well yeah you know monologue when they explained where it showed how he broke Mm -hmm. his knee and basically you know they're based the the thing that first before i go there the thing that cracked me up was Petey, the guy who's late to work Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> he said, man, it's a dead-end job. I mean, what? We just pump gas with pumps that don't even work. What the heck? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Again, I have to say, like, I get both Ronnie and Petey. Again, as the guy who has to tell his people, dude, I need you on time. Like, I literally need you on time. And then at the same time, as the guy is like, fuck this job. Fuck this corporation world. Fuck everything about capitalism. I get Petey. I get Petey. I get you, man. Well, and I'm both, not, of those, right? both of those spoke out to me. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it was done on purpose, but it's like, if you go back to the poem of, you know, what happens to a dream deferred. Mm, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Each one of those characters represents a different version of what happens to a dream deferred. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because they've all put off some, uh, you know, all yeah. of the characters had dreams. All of them have had to put them off for one reason or another. And so each one of them manifests a different outcome of that, that deferral. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. And, with, and, and being that we see Ryan for this glimpse of what he's going through, he gets home, you know, he's tired. Uh, I think, no, she was still practicing. So she was getting ready to leave, but he was coming mm-hmm. home and he was, he was passing out. And she went out to, you know, to the, um, to the poetry, through the poetry, Cafe. I think it was a cafe or a bar. Yeah. yeah. Cafe. And, a cafe. Yeah. And she, you know, she, you know, waited for a turn and stuff. And he, they send her up and she do she did her poem. So the I think the poem, what was the first poem she did? She didn't do the Who the Fuck Are You poem. She did She did something about dancing. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she did a piece the, about No, it was about uh, being the If you think my voice carries the hate of my ancestors, you are wrong. It doesn't carry hate, but the frustrations of the disappointed, the darkness that envelops the light at the end of the tunnel. The voice of her ancestors, but not because her ancestors did not. Oh, yes. yes, And she gets a 7.6 on it. Yes. It was a slam. It was a slam. It was a slam, and she, she did not score well. Yes. Uh, she was yes. devastated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I would like to point out as someone who's been in the slam communities and everything, if you're giving someone a 6.7 and for a piece as powerful as that, yo, this is a very, very hard to please crowd. Yeah. Well, that was my thought, too. Is that's a low score. Most slams I go to, it's hard to score that low. Yeah, dude. Straight up. Again, <laughs> yeah, a piece. Yeah. Nothing wrong with your opinion, but man, you're what do you want her to do? A backflip while she's like talking, like moonwalk while she's yes. <laughs> like that was a good piece. Like mm-hmm. I swear. Like I like this movie because I mean we've all been there and not that we write mm-hmm. to slam, right? We know that. But we've all been there where you like you go in and you pour your heart out on the stage and you're like yeah. you're shaking after. 
And then you get a, a shit score right. and you're like, wait a minute. I just like, I just relived trauma for you motherfuckers. Like give me like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it hurt. It hurts when someone doesn't receive your art the way you felt it. Yeah, that yeah. hurts. Like you definitely want that affirmation. You definitely want that. Like right. you felt something cathartic again and you want that affirmation immediately. But sometimes it re- you're right. It does suck when <laughs> they give you that low score or a score you don't feel like is deserving of what you just mm-hmm. did. So yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. you're but right. But did you feel like this score was was like like it was when we went to Oakland? I mean, were they? I thought they were kind of more. So that I was just, just about to say. Which they, which time though? It depends on where you yeah. get busy. Which, it which depends time on though? where you are. Like, it depends because like what like what if you're if you're at an Oakland slamming, you're slamming with people like yeah. Janae Johnson and yeah. Brandon Leak and all the things. Sometimes somebody's name will get them the mm-hmm. 10. You could have went, yeah. you could have got so busy at the slam and went in and low key killed the other poets. Not that that's mm-hmm. what slam is for. But yeah, yeah. For. I mean, like the whole point of slam you know sometimes I mean? is a competition. Well, like to get yeah, busy. <laughs> but at the same time, they want you to express yourself in a very emotionally vulnerable spot because they do want you to also grow from that. Mm-hmm. But again, Janae is right. Jeanette is right. I mean, yeah. But again, I have to bring up Sharon. Which time? Because there have been multiple times we've gone, and you're saying it's like, but have you felt like there we've been judged wrong? I was like, I don't know, man. Well, no, I mean, because I know that Janae's been also um, Jero has been also been to slams, um, the Root Slam in um, Oakland. It's also been you've been to Starry Sky, um, Starry Nights, also. No, I went to. I've been to the Awaken yeah. one and okay. the Roots. Yeah, Sorry, and, and, wow. Alchemy. Yeah, and, um, and I know we have both been to. Um, uh, We've been to Alchemy. Alchemy a couple times, a few times, and yeah. it's just, we know how they act or how they want their poems to come out. I mean, a lot of right. times we get a lot of people that actually they bring their poems that direction. They don't, you know, they bring, yeah. they bring the social political. That, that takes me, though. This is something that I kept thinking about while I was watching this movie. And this is my biggest hang-up with slam. Or I think the, the stereotype that spoken word has, which is everything is hella heavy and tragic. Like, it, it made it seem like no one, no one was up there spitting about happy stuff or funny stuff. There was no office poem, right? <laughs> like, it, it was just all of this heavy, mm-hmm. ancestral, like, oh, it's just, you know, and that's such a big misconception. That was my one hang up about the art, like the artistic side of this. Yo, movie. straight up, you're right. One person in my job actually don't know how. No clue. It's not like I advertise this at all. They found my page. Then they found SAC Unified and shit. And they were like, mm-hmm. yo, so you guys are the ones who always talk about like how white privilege is a bad thing. And everything. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, there's some solid poems yes, in there yes, about yes, what, what, yeah. but it's not all about that. Like, it's a celebration of us, too, at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, we do talk about that, but then we also, like, literally, there are poets. There are people who literally will actively celebrate who they Real are cheese. in the face of that. Real cheese, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, Missy Bud. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, and then, like, you have to run with banana, strawberry banana smoothie. Where's <laughs> All about the fun, yeah, lo- fun mixed race fun. love and all that. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Don't give me yeah. that look. It is. I, I told him that the first time. Why do you think I blush every time he does that piece? And it's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's just about smoothies. I'm like, ah. 
<laughs> yeah, but then and then you have like Auntie V who does like her sex positive shit. Like yeah, it's, it's dope. But the problem is people want to hang on to the bad shit. They want to hang on to the bad juju. And the- well, and I think part of that is what's scoring that night. I mean, part of yeah. slam Hello. is judging where people are Hello. at. Yep. And sometimes mm-hmm. depending on who goes up first and second, that can set the tone for a night. So then you got to bring your heavy pieces, you know, Another and you time- never know. like sometimes the last yep. person comes in and they completely do something so left field, it mm-hmm. just captures and dazzles. The but audience. yeah, you got to you got to judge that audience and decide which pieces you're bringing and when. I mean, that, there's a strategy to it. So if the heavier pieces are what score, and that's maybe what you hear for the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, I just want to say, I want I want to say this. Also, fuck mm-hmm. the points and fuck the score. <laughs> you should speak. You should do. I think what. I wish I would have heard more in this in this movie was I wish I would have learned more about why she right like I obviously mm-hmm. like it's therapeutic and stuff but um I think I think it would help the misconception if people understood that slam or spoken word is about speaking your mm-hmm. truth but but that's a good question it seems like during even the beginning she had all these things, but she wasn't, as they kept on trying to, like, it's kind of pushing. She wasn't speaking her truth. It seemed... She was hiding, hiding behind, behind metaphors. And even... Guilty. <laughs> and even when, even when she, even when she went to the, the, the bar and she actually met Curtis and his brother, um, she ba- um, he basically brought up, he's like, he tried to talk to her. Mm-hmm. He tried to holler at her. And then he basically came up with her and told, and basically said one of her poems at her. And yeah. she got ticked. She got pissed off. Like, one of you want to impress me next time? Say one of your own fucking poems and bounce. That's an interesting part. Because <laughs> yeah. she, she felt like he was spiting him. Yeah. Mocking her. Yeah. yeah. But now I got to ask for like this entire group. Would you feel that way if someone said that to you? Hell yeah. no! Like, okay. I'd be like, when will we get married? Yeah, exactly. Let's go. Like I'm like this is coming from me who has to like do weekly meetings with like his managers and then his own employees. <laughs> I'm like 80% sure 90% of the time they don't listen to shit I say. <laughs> and if someone if someone comes <laughs> up to me after a slam and just go like at least recites to me like at least two to three lines, yo. What drink you want? I'm getting you a drink. Thank Yo. you. Like it doesn't even have like even if it's like the main one that or like that's trying to like I'm trying to use as a hard hitting line. You remember that line? The one about my skin being 24 karat gold. Yeah, I'm buying you a drink or the something like <laughs> okay. it could be any line. Like if someone just recites to me something, you're getting a drink now. See, I gotta say I'm in a I'm in a different boat. I wouldn't think they're mocking me, but I get very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, because I've had the experience where I've gone into conferences or whatever and people are going okay so when you wrote this what I, i'm trying to get what you were getting at here and they sure. like and the first time i saw somebody with one of my pieces marked up with their comments and stuff that <laughs> and the, you know that freaked me out um is that like i'm sitting here with a whole room of people who've read my stuff and had questions and they're like citing it back to me it freaked me out like i was and it wasn't offended by it but it's weird to have people take you that seriously because mm. even in my most mm. serious work in my, my work around like the needs of women veterans and stuff, 
I am not a deeply serious person so much of the time. So to have people hang on it like that freaks me out. Okay. Th- and that, that makes sense. I get yeah, that. yeah. I, I get that. Like, and I don't know if this is just purely because of me, because like mm-hmm. my office is literally, literally <laughs> twice the age of me. If my employees are not the twice of age of me, my managers are the twice of the age of me. And it's hard for me at least to get taken mm-hmm. seriously. So I don't know like okay. if it's just in my case where I'm like, right. To me, this is great. <laughs> so I'm clearly my own experience, no, and I apologize. No, it's not apology necessary. Don't just this is experiences. But mm-hmm. as we as we marked on, she goes home, falls asleep, sees sees Ronnie's tired and doled out, and and basically just has his day. And then they go into the monologue, explaining the situation with them being te- um, high school sweethearts, um, mm-hmm. them growing up. Um, he goes off to. Um, go, they both come from college. I thought they were. Bo- I thought they were both from just high school, and they were right straight to being married. Mm-mm. So there's a college moment, and then um, he goes off to play basketball, hurts his knee, and then from there just starts. It basically starts, you know, just dwindling down. And he struck her a couple of times. She had a baby. I think he. He didn't just strike her. I would like to point out but, they've made mention that he, he put her. He put her, her ass in the ICU bed. Yes. Yeah. Like that's not just a oops, I, yeah. I accidentally tripped in my fist met your eye type of deal when she got a black eye. No, like this is no you said something, a butterfly flew across the room, caused her tornado, and that tornado wound up being my fist across your body. Like yeah. type of abuse. Well, and they alluded to the idea that that was the reason she lost the baby. Yeah. Right. What I found interesting too though is while he is self-aware enough. Like, no, what I really liked about this movie, let me take this back. There's a self-awareness about terrible shit behavior that these shitty men are it's a lot of agreeing on. Like, like, like they, they actively agree on. One is like, well, I'm trying to win you back. And then, like, while it's not a good excuse, but it, he, Ronnie opens up this very honest point of what about me? What about my vulnerability? I have to hide behind this wall of strength. Now, again, I, I still, I just have so much. Yes, I'm not saying, I, I'm I recognize your expression. I'm just gonna let you run with this girl. <laughs> you run with it, but like, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I find it a very interesting con- hey. conversation. And then with her dad, a very, uh, it's another in- interesting conversation yes. where he, yes, now that he sees it full circle. And he willingly admits if his wife's parents were smarter about it, he would not be in the same place. I, again, don't condone any kind of violence. But I think it's a very interesting conversation of how we're moving forward. Right. I I, I, I struggled with that part Mm. for me with Ronnie when he was kind of, no one asked about me. Um, because the way that he chose to deal with his frustration and hurt and pain and anger was at the expense of course of her, right? And that's why I was like, "Yo, like, I honestly get out of my face, Ronnie, because you're you literally just like the the way he punched, like when he punched her, I was 
I like I was sitting outside in front of Insight. And I was like, oh my god, because he dropped her like a like a dude, like Mike Tyson in the ring. I'm like, yo. And as a woman, I felt some type of way. And so when he was kind of to me, that is the epitome of manipulation. And that is also kind of, I think a prime example of a toxic relationship. And I think that they, yeah, they perfectly caught that abuser mentality of, I won't yes. do it again. I'm trying to be a better man. And the reason yes. I've done this is because you were the, yeah, it's, it's your fault. fault. Because if you were there for me and if you had asked about me, then this wouldn't have happened, babe. Um, and I think they caught that abuser side really well. Cause I mean, God, I can't count the number of people I know who are abusive like that. And it's like, and they can recognize uh, it's, it's shitty behavior, but it's like, yeah, but I'm working on myself. Yep. And, you know, it, it really is somebody else that's driving this. And if it would just be in a little better spot, I wouldn't be here. And yep. Yep. They nailed that. I think. Yeah. I thought, you know, it, again, it was, it was all at her expense. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think like, if, if we're going to talk about their relationship, I really, I just want to drive that home. Um, because I think a lot of, not just women, but a lot of people in relationships, even, even when you're kind of in it, right. You know that this mm-hmm. person is not good in mm-hmm. that it, they're just hurting you. Right. It's, but there's so much that goes into that. Like mm-hmm. the play on the history. Oh, we've been together for so long. We've been through so much. You're going to, you're going to throw in the towel. Now we can, we can overcome this, but he is such a, again, a prime example of what happens when you don't actively try to do mm-hmm. better. Exactly. Well, and deal with the core of it, right? And that, that's the other thing right. that runs between both of them is she hasn't gotten to the core. Like, she's doing like so many poets do, and you kind of write on that topical surface level trauma, but you don't go deep. You don't try to resolve it. You don't deal with your own issues. And so you just keep skimming the top of it. And that's what he's doing, too. It's like, I know, I'm a, uh, mm-hmm. I know I've hit you, but like never wanting to go deeper, never wanting to do the work. Um, and I do mm-hmm. think they captured that well. Well, the point, mm-hmm. is, point is that she was getting ready to go to the New Rican mm-hmm. cafe, mm-hmm. and she told Ronnie, and Ronnie was looking at her, her like, well, why will you go? Why are you going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was looking at that scene, and when, like, they, like, you knew he knew something was up. Right. And there was a part of me on one scene where he broke Petey's nose, like, you know, like my head, I was thinking at least, you know, he plans some mm-hmm. shit to yeah. keep her. He was plotting. Undermine it. Yeah. He was plotting. He was plotting. Because he, he saw how comfortable he was when he said, well, I don't think I have no money. So, you know. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Like he, like, that was like locked and loaded. Like he had that cocked back for him. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like it was. Like right, he, yeah. like, like, just that scene alone with his head resting on her lap and her, her just. Dead-eyed, staring ahead, like brushing his hair, and he's just bemoaning "woe is me," and then saying that is like, man, that feels that literally feels like a routine for them. But see, here's the funny thing: but that's what like, it becomes in, in an abusive relationship. Toxic. Yeah, you know, I was going to say. What I was going to say is the, the the crazy thing was when she got the call that something went wrong. Uh, this is so women. So remember that was when they started before that. Before that happened, she started going out with you know started trying to get with Curtis and trying to get with Curtis, seeing what he was about and stuff. And then went to his place 
and you know had a love moment with him and then you know ran off to go you know do the show and then right when she was doing the show she said she told us like i'm married but he's like yeah and then he found out she was married he's like oh you weren't bullshitting (laughs) okay so i just want to mention something off right off the bat and he sat down over there too I did not think the reciting her piece was problematic. I thought the point where he, she was like, I'm married. And she has to, like, you, again, I noticed, like, with a lot of women, I'm with someone argument is an issue. Like, the fact that, the fact that you have to use that argument against some dude to tr- get hey. them off your back is fucking weird. It's fucking weird for me. I Ooh, don't get me it's a safety. Like, it's a safety. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I, it's it's. I mean, it's weird in the fa- sense is like no is not enough. Like you have mm-hmm. to like you have to issue welcome out, to a woman. Yeah, like you have to issue out the fact that you have a a dude. Yeah. To get some d- other I'll, dude off your back, but it can't be. No, you're kind of weirding me out. No, I'm not interested. Because he'll that's not the enough. other dude before that's he not enough. you, you any yeah. day. Yeah, like that's not enough. The fact that you have to mention another dick in the mo- in this equation no. is what gets the other dick out of the equation. Yeah. What the fuck? It's it's a it's a natural defense, man. It's hella real. Defense, man. It's hella Yeah, real. I thought that. Like, I it's, thought that. Sorry, sorry if I'm interrupting. I, was just, I just thought that was like a. It captures a very good point mm-hmm. in real life. That's it. Sorry if I interrupted. No, no, you're fine. You're, you're good. But it's just, yeah, just that—that that is a good, that is a defense mechanism that's necessary. I mean, go to the bathroom or just just to escape, just to get, just to have an easy escape. That's that's one of the things women have to do. And just uh, it's not you. I think it's, it's wrong. Oh, I, I know my ugh, issues. <laughs> I'm back. Am I back? I'm back. You're back. You're back. Yes. You good? Okay. So. Finding out that he ha- she had a dude because she came over and saw him and it's like, oh, snap, he's here. And he was, and he came, and Kurt came over and said, oh, you really do have a dude. And he sat next to him. That was uncalled for. See, I was... Sharon lost his shit. Yeah, that was fucking weird. That was some next level what petty. What did the heck like, when you do? I also want to know on TV, Jera, what would you guys feel like if one that happened? And then next, they also tell you, yeah, I pushed some dude off the balcony because I thought he was sleeping with my woman. Dude, when I heard him like willingly admit that he pushed some dude and then he became that dude became a quadriplegic because he he, it turns out he falsely like he supposedly slept with the other man's wife. That's a red flag. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. And you say you're better now? You just pushed a motherfucker to off a balcony, man. And found out he wasn't sleeping with his woman. They weren't going out. That was, yeah. I, I think that is another big hang-up I have about this movie. But I know, I know this is how we all kind of expect to see things play out, which is she's going to end up with one of them, right? We kind of all saw it. It was like, she might stick with Ronnie. We doubt it. More than likely, she's going with this dude over here. Um, I'm just going to say, as someone who has just gotten out of a toxic-ass relationship, the, the first person I decide to date next, I'm sorry, like you can't, you can't have the same fucking problems. He still had an anger problem. That's still the same cycle. Just because there's poetry involved 
<laughs> doesn't change it for me. And that was, I was a little disappointed to see that I, you know, it's, yeah. I understand everyone has a past and you work through things, but like also do like people need to do the work alone sometimes yeah. and not at your expense. You're not here to teach lessons. Like you're well, not. And I hated the whole thing with Curtis's character. It was the whole save a hoe thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he's had, he has a lot of the same issues her husband does, and not seeing how they're put. And to the when he goes and sits down with his husband, I uh, go back to what my sister texted me about her ex the other day. Is there ain't no petty like a grown man petty? Because a grown man petty don't Ooh. stop. <laughs> let's go. Let's Damn. go. Like, Damn. I'm like that shit gets wild. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that is straight up like, grown man petty right there. Which was crazy to me because he was mad because he didn't listen. Because she clearly she told, she said, up. I am yeah. married. Yeah. I am married. Multiple times. I still remember that. I heard once, maybe once. I can't recall the other time. Uh-huh. Should there be more than one? No, no, no. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean, too. But like, 17 times. Yeah. And he didn't care. Right. I have a problem with, man with that. Listen, I he doesn't do. believe you and has an angry issue. Abuser. Nope, I think you're wrong for the again. I only see one frame. I only see one frame. Okay. Ron, are you good? I'm coming back. I'm just, Ron? I'm here. I'm just, I'm just laughing because I was just seeing... Got stuck in loop. Got stuck in loop. It was just funny seeing, seeing J-Ro just going... <laughs> <laughs> see, you going like this. Man, I hate, I hate trash-ass adults. Yeah. Like, I just... Like, don't be trash. Yeah. I can't stand yeah, that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I'm just speaking for myself in this What's sense. That? And, like, getting past specific social norms of this idea of where you have to defend the cave and defend what is yours. Dude, that's, that's fucking old, man. We're living in 2021, man. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. And it's just, like, honestly, if, the, if, if she just wants, if she doesn't need you to defend shit and just wants to be with you just because she, she wants to take whatever free time of hers to spend it with you. Oh God. Yes. Be happy with that. Fucking be happy with that. And if she asks you to like stay out of certain shit as a matter, dude, it's fine. Fuck off. Fuck the fuck off. Read a book and, 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 and trust that she can handle her shit too. That's it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yes, because I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, like I, I don't know. Like, I don't really like, just me. I feel like it's common knowledge. That's it. That's it. I mean, a relationship should be the person should compliment you, not freaking make or break mm-hmm. you. And that that was just missing throughout mm-hmm. the whole the movie. Well, and why couldn't she find her voice on her own at the end? Like, that was just hell disappointing. You got to run off with another man with a whole other set of issues that then you got to bring back. Mm mm. I'm Yo, like, not that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Exactly. They need some romance to complete that story. That's why people go randomly to you. So, who are you seeing? Are you going to see anyone soon? That's why people go, Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Like, the, the Hollywood kind of sets that expectation, though. That's why. Well, and I'm watching her at the, at the end going through all the abuse counseling and getting involved with the DV stuff and all that. And I'm thinking, That relationship's doomed. She's going to get to figure out who the fuck she is and what she can't stand. She's going to yeah. bounce on him. And then she got two crazy assholes in her past. Like, come on. Mm. That part. She just moved to New York. Right. Leave him in the <laughs> dust. Okay. So, since we're jumping around on, on, on the movie and stuff, why don't we do this? So, when 
the fact that she had three, there were three times where she got kind of caught in, mm-hmm. in situations. <laughs> One situation was when her best friend told her, her best friend told her man how bad, you know, how bad the relationship right. was. And he basically came up and said, you shouldn't talk about my relationship when your man basically beating the fuck, you know, beating them down. And it's like, why'd you tell him? And she gets mad. It's like, oh, you know, I didn't know he was going to tell you. She basically just told her straight up. It's like, I'm not telling you a damn thing no more. Two was when she went to her, her mom's house and basically, mm. and she's like, why don't you get back with Ronnie? Why are you? And she's like, you, you know what he's been doing. Now he tried to be a good man. You know, you're, he's like, dad was doing the same thing to you. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? And she's like, don't you give me that. Stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't talk, mom. You cannot talk. And then the third time was when her, when, he, when Curtis's brother straight up looked at him and said, hey, you don't need to be, if you got a man, go to your man. Stop trying to mess with my brother, please. And walk yeah, out. Yeah. Real talk, I kind of like Curtis's brother. Like As much of an asshole he was in like that sibling way. Oh, yeah. He had his back. I liked it. I liked well, it. Well, and he had his shit oh, together. Yeah. He was the only grown-ass adult in the film. Yes! The dad was cool. In, like, the few seconds, like, I get it. He was a shithead. But there's but there's also such a thing as self-awareness. And I do respect the fact that he can be self-aware enough to understand his own issues and then look at his own wife and go, I am so lucky that your parents didn't realize my issues and just mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And I got to live out whatever stupid fairy tale I got to live out. <laughs> True. No, again, not condoning shit, right. but his self-awareness is what definitely makes me like him. And the fact that he understands that he was a shit person. See, it wasn't his self was his self-awareness wasn't coming out until the second time she got beat. Well, yeah, the plot demanded it. The plot demanded yeah. it. But if this were real life, if this were real life, fuck yeah, he understood something. Right. He learned. Right. I hope he continues to learn. So, the self awareness, though? I don't know what self Because no, it took other people to help true. him That's be aware. True, true. So, true. it is self awareness, get awareness, kind of, sort of. Self reflection. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> okay, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. When you're right, you're definitely right. Self reflection. <laughs> Would it be self reflection? So the th- okay, you're right. I don't know. There's something in him that made him understand it was terrible behavior, and yeah. and he doesn't want to repeat a cycle. And I oh, can respect. Yeah. I I ultimately can respect. Wow, it doesn't undo his actions. True. Sure. Now yeah. for her trying to build her dream and having several people tell her. This is a hobby, or you are still doing mm-hmm. that, that spoken word shit, or you're doing that rap shit that does not rap, don't have no beat to it. I mean, it was Ronnie's <laughs> friend basically bullcrapping about, you know, basically you still doing that word that, that mm-hmm. spoken word shit, or her mom. And yeah. I think Ooh. I think even her friend, when she did that little roses are red, violets are blue bullcrap, yeah. I was like, what the heck? And, and she, and I loved how when she caught her friend after you know her friend told her about what you know about her business, she basically said, "Yeah, that poem you did, that was flat. If you want honesty, and walked out." 
Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of how like s- certain scenes are. You're going to have people who love it, and then the outside mm-hmm. world is never going to understand it. And to the same thing, I will say to anybody who doesn't understand, it's like, well, dude, goddamn, what do you want us to do? Like, just follow your fucking mm-hmm. plain ass bullshit? Well, I think. Yes. The answer yes. is yes. And, and I- then to the like. And then when her boss is like, oh, poetry girl, what do you want me to do? Fucking handcuff myself to that table mm-hmm. and then wait until you open again and get back to work? Oh, fuck off. Well, and I think it becomes one of the tropes that artists hear over and over is you're never going to make money out of it. But if you look at yeah. what people spend all their spare time doing, watching TV, reading books, listening to music, listening to podcasts, all of those people who are producing that shit, acting in that shit, you know, start to, they're all making money in the arts, right? Mm-hmm. And we just will poo-poo it here and there because uh, I think it scares people that you're not going in something that's seen as traditional or safe. But the reality is jobs aren't traditional and safe anymore. You work two or three years, maybe you are completely expendable. You can always be replaced by somebody else. There's no guarantee you're going to be around. And, you know, I mean, I can't count the number of friends I've had downside multiple times in agencies or whatever or where the entire thing is you train your replacement and they get rid of you because they got somebody else cheaper coming into and so it, it terrifies people to think that you could go into the arts where maybe you do have a unique voice and aren't quite as expendable mm-hmm. right yes yeah so i think uh oh, go ahead. oh sorry go ahead No, I was just going to say, I think people kind of, when they see artists or spoken or poets specifically going after something, a dream, if you will, I think that sometimes reminds people of like what they're Mm -hmm. not doing to fulfill their dreams. And then they start to feel like, oh, like it's, it's just not such a good feeling in that manifest as verbal discouragement or. Yeah, it's definitely easier to crap on people than it is to. Yeah, it definitely quick. is mm-hmm. and it's definitely stems from a level of fear or insecurity or whatever but mm-hmm. it definitely is easier for people to well and i honestly think the idea that somebody could make a life being honest and having their own voice and being who they are because that's the exact opposite of working in the capitalistic world oh, yeah. like you yep. don't see a poet in a pantsuit unless it's truly who they are Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see poets terrified to send out a tweet, or you know, like with my last real job, where you know I actually had a committee vet everything that I put on social media because they were oh, terrified yeah. that there's something honest would come out. Um, yeah, you know, right up. Since June, when the George Floyd protests happened, I literally had to change my Facebook name and a mm-hmm. lot of my social media shit. And block a bunch of my old work, like a lot of my work friends, because mm-hmm. like, dude, this can get me fired. <laughs> I can get in some bad HR juju, right? Real yeah. talk. It's just like, Real talk. like, I like you guys, but I don't like you enough to like get fired for shit. And like, I got- no, that's yeah. real. And I literally had to block them off of all social media shit. Like, it mm-hmm. right up. Like, and I get that. Yeah, I get that. And it's like, I for me at work, um, I asked, like, this is a small example, but I asked for 10 minutes to talk about something that pertained to the organization. Mm -hmm. 
but because they know that I'm a poet or, or an artist, right? And my hair, like I'm black power that scares mm-hmm. them. Every time I ask to like have the space to speak, it's like they want to know exactly why and what and where. They're so afraid I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, they're afraid I'm going to tell the truth exactly. about their, their bullshit. 100, mm-hmm. 100. Good point. Good point. Speaking of good points, so did you make a, did you, did you feel when she, she started seeing that her relationship was getting a little too, you know, a little too edgy. She's like, okay, I'm, I don't like Ronnie. I, I don't like my husband. I like this guy. I'm getting too far. Even though she, she had that one moment where she was like, you know, trying, trying to be committable because Ronnie lost his job. Did you think it was messed up to find out that mm-hmm. Ronnie lost his job at her dad's gas station? That was her dad's gas station. <laughs> that was yeah, that's uh, the guy she was talking. That was her dad's gas station that he owned, and Ronnie lost the job that. Yeah, I absolutely. I'm gonna admit this right now. I did not catch that. I didn't either. I missed it, bro. I would have passed out laughing. Dude, you, you that dude is trash, bro. You know, nothing works out for you. You can't find. You just fucking got ass over and played handed to you. Fuck off! Legitimately, <laughs> fuck do off. One thing. All you had to do was not put your hands on right. someone. Like all you had to do is not break the dude's nose. Like how, how does nepotism <laughs> feel? God damn! I understand how hard it is to be self restrained and not beat the shit out of a coworker because I've been close. I've been, I've been, yeah, I've taken 100. myself on a walk more than once. But as an adult, yeah. you take yourself on the walk. You don't beat her ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I too, as an adult, feel really mad when one of my employees can't work out a technology thing. But then I realize maybe I have to be empathetic about it instead of fucking breaking. So, yeah. and it was from her fucking no. dad. Yeah, if, it was from her fucking dad. Out. Oh my god, this breaks my but, brain. But that's what happens. You can't, and that to like. That goes into like doing the work and mindfulness and awareness. If you pop off every time something, listen, <laughs> if I hit someone at work every time they piss me off, oh shit. Look, I. It, uh, every day someone would get punched yeah, in there. I, I'm also, telling you, more than like two this. senators would be taken out. <laughs> I. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, I literally have brain lesions I'm named after them because I had so much stress and stripped the fucking myelin from oh. them. Oh. Hey, I watched a woman suggest that as a government agency to help homeless veterans, we collect blankets and give it to them. And I did not hit her. I think that deserved it. But it was like, yeah. But here's the thing. I I also feel like what is with this society that emphasizes such violence? And then they want to promote the fact that, oh, you did a violence thing. Good on you. You should feel good. It's like, do you not understand what trauma is? Do you not mm-hmm. understand what it uh, looks how it perpetuates? Like? Yeah, like what happens yeah. after a fight? Like I've mm-hmm. been in fights. I'm not telling myself, yeah, I did good. I fucked someone up. I th- once the adrenaline's gone, it's dude, my hand hurts. I don't know yeah. how I'm processing this. I just unleashed a lot a, a tsunami mm. way rage. Yeah, essentially, how am I processing this? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of overload. It's not just good yeah. feelings. And like, fuck any kind of notion that it's supposed to feel good 
or any kind of notion where media or any kind of society where it says, yeah, you did what you did and it's right. No, no, it's not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Which then, though, she also, let's talk about it. She cheated yes. on her oh, husband. straight up. Yes. Like, let's, like, even though he was a tool in putting hands on him or on her, wouldn't it have been, you know, I mean, because let's, let's be real. If the tables were turned and a dude did that, we'd be like, what a dog. Yeah, she's just working through grief and trauma. Like, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, she had options, too. Mm -hmm. She could have mm -hmm. left before she exercised mm -hmm. with another she man. she didn't have to keep going back. No. Hello. Like, one night you drunk, you fall in bed, maybe. She went back to maybe. his house mm -hmm. sober. Multiple times. This they went on dates. Yes. She got caught. <laughs> she killed she him got in a restaurant. Got caught. We got caught. caught. Girl was getting caught like good dick will make you stupid. Really good dick will. Be, I will admit, good dick has made me stupid. Um, it does. It does. <laughs> leans in like details. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just more concerned with the fact that even 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 he pointed out that he basically when the whole situation with um Ronnie happened, he was waiting for her at the mm -hmm. park, the yeah. ballpark. He said, I've been there for two hours. He basically they stopped going out for a while. She comes over to her he comes over to her job with another woman and Petty yeah, Petty I, Petty Petty. You know that's petty. You know that's petty. There's no uh, way he can petty know. <laughs> Homeboy sat at next to her husband seen prior. You can't tell me that wasn't petty. Nah, he's petty ass motherfucker. And she still went back to him. They get that petty. petty it doesn't matter how good it is. You walk away from that. You do not put up with petty dick. <laughs> petty dick. Ain't worth it. The killer. It it's not worth it. Never is. Yo, well, I don't look. That's a new hashtag. <laughs> I don't care how good looking he is or how deep that voice is. I'm gonna admit that. I'm gonna admit this right now as a straight man. Last scene when he reads that poem, I'm like, let me tell you, yes. But he's still a piece of shit. He's still a piece of shit in his own right too. Absolutely. But again, as he's a straight man, eyes, when I look at him, last scene when he does this piece, so why? <laughs> and he wears that fucking hat. No one looks good in that hat. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fedora. Any man who wears a fedora, you just know he's an asshole. No matter. And it was like a little baby yes. one too. And it was made of straw. And it's like, dude, <laughs> anyone who wears a fedora, you can, you just know is a straight up neckbeard dude, bro, <laughs> bullshit. Who's like, oh god, why? He don't got in horny t-shirts in the closet too. <laughs> Bruh, I, listen, I'm logging off. <laughs> so. It's okay. We're going to call you back again so we can like vent this out. <laughs> so during the movie, so during the movie, <laughs> Auntie Vice called out some of the sex scenes like, mm, they look nice and <laughs> they look very good in their bodies. Like, I, I mean, like, they were pretty people. They, they were, were very yeah, pretty they were. people. They made a good looking they couple. Were. They, yeah, <laughs> they, they were a beautiful good. couple. And yes, he's so, so. <laughs> So with this being so with his poem before the poem and stuff and all that comes down. So if you notice, his name was Curtis Jackson. Mm -hmm. Now, the joke that the lady above said, you're not 50 cents. He's like, no, I'm not. 
Now, here's the funny part. So this is this gentleman, this is his name is Omari. He actually plays in the 50 Cent produced show Power. Does he really? See, my thing okay. was I was going off of was his name is Curtis Jackson after the pettiest rapper in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me he's the pettiest. He's not. The <laughs> motherfucker bought $2,000 worth of empty... Of <laughs> Dude, dude, no. <laughs> I don't condone this shit, but damn. Fucking damn. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was like, brilliant. Ja Rule's a piece of shit, so that's why I'm okay with it. He also served bologna sandwiches in tent. Right. He called it a... What was it? Yeah, like, yeah. that kid. Whatever. But, no, but I but, digress. But, yeah. They named his character after the pettiest rapper <laughs> in the game. <laughs> that was not lost on me. And this motherfucker, That's this character, petty. is a petty character. Hella petty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can, oh. Like, I wrote it down, too, while I was watching. I was like, dude, this, like, so, this is a <laughs> So, <laughs> the, the person that um, played his brother, Will, is Michael Beach. Michael Beach has been on several movies. Wait, he's Excel. He's also been on Lean on Me. He was the, the he was the teacher that got oh, yelled okay. at by um by the um by the principal by mm-hmm. um Morgan Freeman's character. He was the teacher that picked up the the trash and he yelled at him and said, said "You motherfucker, you think you're the head nigga in charge?" He <laughs> 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 wasn't busy. Was Not that Sharon hasn't watched that movie a half dozen times yes. to know the exact scene. I love to say, yeah, he, just watch it yesterday. That scene was verbatim for him. <laughs> But the the oddest thing about his brother, even though he owned a um, a bartender, and he was a bartender at the bar and stuff, it was that weird moment where she found him at his at his at his bar talking to a woman that was younger, getting her number. I think he was trying to get her a job. Oh, for a yeah. job. I yeah. was like, okay, and he was a motorcycle, so I was like, okay, Bitch. a little little weird there. But the thing that set this whole thing apart on this on the spectrum were the poems. So her poem of who the fuck who the fuck you think you well no let's not go with that one yet fuck you let's go with the word first the fuck you one what do you think about that poem? I I'm trying to think like there there was a couple read that read off from her. So, I mean, overall, I think most of them were good. The baby goat one did suck. Like, they called that out, the baby goat thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that baby goat poem was not winning me over. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, most of them were, were solid, real solid pieces. What about his poem? Curtis's poem? What do you think about that one? Okay, I'm gonna like be honest here, like coming from my own perspective. And like, <laughs> feel free to jump in, guys, if I'm like off here. Why? Go ahead. Go off. You Dude, you that felt so inauthentic. That felt so inauthentic. <laughs> Why are you like I get that some people can use narratives from another's perspective, but to use another person's trauma as your own piece is kind of a bullshit move. Like that's a cop out move. Mm. That's just me. Like, yo, I already get pissed off when certain directors direct things, not of a very specific race, culture, creed, or whatever. So when some dude tries to mansplain trauma that a woman feels, 
Sure, mm-hmm. I hear you. That yeah. kind of feels I, like a cop out to me. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm one of you." That's essentially saying, "Yeah, not all men." And like, no, 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 no. Well, it really felt like he was doing it more to call her out. Yeah, to celebrate her. Yeah. yeah, that too. Like, it literally feels like that. That's literally that. Like, I feel like that's just like the bare petty. minimum of yes, petty bare <laughs> minimum of yes. I'm with you. I can do this too. We're in it to get no. That's bare minimum. Fuck off. Hashtag woke. This is gonna be hashtag petty. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's gonna be the hashtag petty. Dick. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put a new term on this whole thing. <laughs> that's just me. That's just me. And I felt like it was a bullshit move. And if I heard that at an actual sack slam, and if I found out that was not about his mother, I'm giving him a one. Well, yeah. Or a zero. Actually, I would give him a zero if I found out this is. Damn, Gina. Yes. You don't get to tell another person's story unless it was like directly related to you you do not get to tell someone else's story well he tried to like he tried to like end off with saying that i give the story to my daughter i thought no. personally the way he did it was a bit yes, arrogant it was arrogant it was a little mm-hmm. arrogant for me and i think that's what made it feel inauthentic um that's just my take on well, that it- he said he was holding off on doing it until she was there. And yes. it really was to put her on the spot and call her out. And like, cause if it was anything authentic to him, why wouldn't we have done it earlier? It felt a little taming of the shrew. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, I got this. I'm going to trick yeah. that woman into loving me. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, the more I think about that relationship, the more irritated I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Irritated. I'm like, oh, Be God. irritated. Because <laughs> it was a bull- so it was a bullshit move on his part. Completely bullshit. I also, I think he overstudied spoken word poets. Yes. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. 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 It was too, like, poet voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would. I hate that fucking term, mm-hmm. but. No, but it is. But yeah. It fits in this case. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna slowly <laughs> slink out of this conversation. <laughs> so, hold, do you feel that she should have she sh- should have called him out on it instead of just pay- take it as fuck? Yeah, she should have because she seemed like she was like should have clapped back. Bro. Well, she, you know, she clapped back before with you. You spoke my poem, but this time he's basically calling all the call out all the stuff that's happening to her, and she basically stood there just shocked. Taming of the mm-hmm. shrew. You should have broke an empty beer glass bottle against the table <laughs> and just like gone, like pointed the pointy end at his stomach. Just and you're just your dick ain't that good as he walks out, you know. That part. Don't care how deep your voice is. All right, we we Dude. we done. I ain't doing this again. Yeah. I mean, that's toxic. Yeah, straight up. Just because it's poetic doesn't mean it's not toxic. Amen. So, so plenty of toxic poets out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, so with the fact that she tried, uh, she went home. Well, this is way before this poem. Mm-hmm. She went home to try to tell Ronnie we're done. And Ronnie was like, first Ronnie was like, no, no, we're good. We're good. And oh, then he got real testy, held her arm, said, let go of me. And then, you know, then he struck her. Struck her. That was a ver- picked her up, threw her to the room, and said, "Don't you get out of this room." 
like a child. Mm-hmm. Okay, straight up, I thought it was going to be one of the worst. I that yeah, made me very it, tense. It was tense. Oh, I, I, yeah, that was very I, tense I, for yeah. me. Like the moment yeah. he was watching TV yeah. and he's complaining about his shit, I was like, man, yeah, man, you knew where that was going. That was a hard one. So, and then watch, she's yeah. telling him to like pay attention. Uh. So that was one time. The second time when she brought him in to her friend Daphne's place and they're talking and she's still saying she basically was telling him like, yeah, I'm going to go to the cafe and go to the cafe and stuff. So what about me? Why you never, you know, he basically was going to a victim role saying that he was like, you never look at me. And she's like, I've always looked at you. And I, I mean, I didn't think about me even then. And then he basically pushed her to the wall. Pretty wall said, would you tell me if you had a man, you were with a man? I might have been. And basically slapped again. It was like, oh, so what? You, you got, you got, you going to do it? You know, she basically yeah. was now getting to the point where she's going to rise up. Yeah. And basically told him to get the hell out of this house. See, what yeah. pissed me off about that is, this just may be me again. You were smarting the moment you left him. And then you regressed by giving him like a moment to talk. No, 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 no. Call the cops. No, but I don't, that's not generally not how it goes with an abuser. It's this, they weasel their way back in. Yeah, I think the the relationship was very authentic for when you're in a physically abusive relationship. The codependence, the codependence of that, and again, like self-disclosure, like coming out of Mm -hmm. something that was very similar in a lot of ways. Um, There's this emotional tie that you have to this person. And in the, and Mm-hmm. A lot of you deals with the bullshit because you are, like she said, I felt sorry for you. I wanted to be mm-hmm. there for you. You didn't have anyone else. It's not, it's not that easy to just be like, it was okay, the fuck out. got it. Cause you, cause then there's all this again, then he starts manipulating mm-hmm. with the history. Oh, we've been through all of this stuff. You're going to, we've been through tougher times. You're going to let us go yeah. now. No, wait, like we can, we can work this out. Um, and I, and I think I agree with you on TV. I said it, it, that movie did a great job of capturing (laughs) what I think kind of the, the tendency, the cyclical nature of toxicity. I'll say it. So it's more, cause she almost gave in again. Okay. Got it. So I'm just kind of looking at it through a horror movie lens when I'm not taking into, got it. Well, and you gotta keep in mind that she's in. A low-paying job and doesn't have mm-hmm. the finances mm-hmm. just about right. that alone will keep a lot of people right. in really abusive relationships because it's like you're yes. making minimum yes. what are what where are you going to go how are you going to reestablish a life if you've been with yeah. this person for a decade and we're creatures yeah. of habit mm. too let's be real like i'm willing to bet half my paycheck y'all do the same like there's three things you do every day the same mm-hmm. no matter what and then, and it's hard when you like in the movie. They said they've been rocking with each other since freshman, freshman year. Yeah. Freshman, like a you high know what school, I mean? That's a I think that's a long time. Yeah. Like that's a long time. Mm-hmm. You grew up together, so in so many ways, you're like all of your your life is woven yep. into mm-hmm. one thing. And so to separate, right? You're losing in so many ways. Although it's not the greatest part of yourself, you are losing mm-hmm. part a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. So it's like, it's the, there's a the emotional heaviness. And I think as an outsider looking in, you almost get frustrated with the, the in this case, yeah. woman. You're like, yo, just get the fuck out. He just put his hands on you again. Right. 
But then unless you've gone through something like that or experienced kind of that, again, that emotional mm-hmm. high, it's, it's, yeah. It's hard to walk away. I just to speak that. Got it. it okay. Is. That makes sense. So, so as we come, she flies out to New York. To New York. Yeah. Go to the New York. Yeah. That was the best scene. I just want to point that out right now. Loved mm-hmm. it. That immersion she feels, I felt it. Where she's looking at everything, the murals, the people. That was a great scene. Just for me, though. That's just me. I wish they would have, like, ended with her deciding to stay and figure it out. That would have been a great scene. That would have been a great ending. I didn't even need it to resolve. They could have just finished with her on stage. Yeah. That's where they should have, instead, they plugged over the head for the next ten minutes with, like, if you didn't get this was about abuse, if you didn't get this was about finding your voice, I'm like, you are losing stars by the minute as I'm watching this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. You yeah. just need to stop this bullshit. You cut it there. I'm like, fire the editor. Do not hire that editor back. He did not know where to cut that <laughs> goddamn that. film. He did say that. It was almost like a PSA oh, vibe. Oh, totally. The end. Yeah. It becomes yeah. your after school special level of obvious. 100? I was waiting for you to come out. <laughs> the more you know should have come across the screen in the credits. Jazz hands while you do it. I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We have made to talk about the movie Things Never Said. Now we're going to go into Snap Judgment. Snap Judgment, where we basically rate this movie. If we give it a three snaps, it's the greatest thing ever. We should, it should have all the Oscars. It should have all the plays. Two, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. One snap. This movie needs to go into that little bucket and get thrown into a river <laughs> and never come back. Damn. It's going to go out like Moses. Send it on its way. You laugh now, J-Ro, but this, this, this podcast has given some pretty low scores. So, I'm, I'm looking at you, Milan. <laughs> I was trying to make it into an episode. Yeah, yeah. squeeze it in. Every I episode. Just, just, I will sacrifice so much shit just to make sure this movie will never get made if I could like, sacrifice several small CGI children to make sure that it never gets made. <laughs> okay. Let me let me finish off. Let me finish off the the, the, the rating for before we go into your Ew. your rant. Thank Fuck you. this movie. Okay, God. okay, it's out of my system. No, it isn't. You're you're holding strong. I thought you were gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm now you're killing Move me. Move on. Okay. Move on. Okay. <laughs> Jero, we are now doing a new way of new way. We're going to close our eyes at the count of three. You're going to throw your number out now. This is a half. So whatever number you put out, two, three, this is a half right here. So if you go one and a half, two, whatever, this is a half. So we're all going to close our eyes. And we're going to count to three. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Marvin. Dang it. I don't know what you're talking about. My eyes are closed. And we're going to give a rating. I hear that in your One. Two. Three. Open your eyes. I see. Uh, okay, I see one and a half from J. Rowe. I see two from Monty, but I see one and a half from Marvin. I see two from me. Okay, this is interesting. 
1.7. I'm a little hurt by this, Auntie Vice. <laughs> I know. Normally, Marvin and I are right there. Like, we're normally in sync about a lot of our mm-hmm. scores. And this is, like, the most we've deviated. I'm really, f- I'm feeling a little betrayed here. <laughs> 7 out of 12. So, since it's 7 out of 12, <laughs> I want to know why that happened. So, J-Ro, tell us, why did you give Things Never Said a 1.5? I mean, okay. I wish we could do like, dip, like if I could have given it a one point seven, I would have. <laughs> but because I don't think it's trash. Yeah, <laughs> baseline for sure. No, I don't. I don't think it's trash. And I, there are a lot of things that I do appreciate about it. But as a woman who has experienced some some shit, um, I really just didn't like. I didn't like how, again, it was kind of that taming of the shrew vibe, which he had to end up with someone who was still not in a healthy space. Yeah. On device. Why did Um, you give it to? I thought it was a very realistic portrayal of a domestic violence uh, relationship. It's one of the better portrayals I have seen in a film. Like most of them are like, you know, TV yeah. for women, you know, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> that bullshit. Gotten <laughs> Hallmark style, you know, you were raped by a I clown and shot by your husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so I thought this, either that or to go so over on the empowerment thing is like, now I'm going to come back and blow oh your brains, that type of thing. So I thought this was pretty realistic. <laughs> and I have a deep appreciation for that. Um, the poetry was solid. And yeah. I do think it was a pretty realistic portrayal of the poetry scene, honestly. I mean, I, I was... Sure. So, in terms of what we've seen in other films compared to this, it was definitely better. Um, like I said, they could have cut, just cut it after her last poem at the New Yorican and walked away and it would have been a much better film. Um, and, you know, I was j if I could have dropped it, it's not a 1.5 for me. It's a little higher than that. A two is a reach. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, you're in between two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I honestly thought the dialogue was pretty realistic. The relationships were, the portrayals in general were pretty spot on until it became, you know, your after school PSA film. And then that, <laughs> that just got fucking annoying. And. Yeah. It was really putting people in bed together, and that gets a, yeah. Gets a yeah. point three <laughs> for me. It would have been unrealistic if they didn't sleep together. At this well, point. and I mean, it would have got it would have been a solid two if they showed his ass. Like I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> they get Curtis's you know ass. You know I'm, I'm willing I'm, to admit this right now. You're right. You're right. Again, I would have. I would have you would bumped it up. Yeah. yeah. He's a pretty, pretty man. Oh, oh again, straight man. Yes. Willing to admit, homie looks good in a fedora. Homie <laughs> looks good in a fedora. Marvin, I freaking love you. <laughs> like, dude, That's all I have straight to say. Up, like, <laughs> deep voice in a fucking stupid straw half fedora? Listen. I get it. That was that yeah. sexy ass man. Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm a- looking at this and like, Am I gay now? They, they like, showed him make it more than once, yes. and I was grateful. Like, I'm not going to say no homo or anything. It's just more like, I guess I like men now. <laughs> so, Marvin. Yes. Why did you give this movie a 1.5? I think I'm definitely in that in-between with J-Ro and Auntie Vice. Like, the movie was good. It 
great gave a great narrative. I just have misgivings about poetry being that cathartic medium where you need to grow. If you need to rely on some art for or one particular singular thing to grow from and help yourself mm. heal, that's a cop out. Like, and this is coming from someone who is involved in poetry in some form of art form, and then has recently actively seen started seeing a therapist to work out his own issues. Like, dude, no, you should never rely on one thing to be your feeling to fill that void you're feeling. It- you should be a multifaceted person. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work that way. Because if you if you don't, you end up at Shine uh, reading your journal. Real talk. R.I.P. Shine. But yes, very much yes. Wow, that hurts. Like, and, and I yes, it, it's essentially like saying I'm all about that self care, but then doing nothing with mm-hmm. self care. Exactly. That's literally what it is. Yeah. Like, okay, what is your self-care? What are you doing? It's because just laying in bed and watching TV doesn't mean self-care. You're just continually mm-hmm. doing the same old shit but- that continually causes old issues to rise up. Triggers. That's not self-care, yeah. yo. But that's, that goes back to that whole notion of being, being stuck mm-hmm. and not... Tr- not actively trying to get yeah, out of yeah. the rut. I, I 110% agree with you. I mean, I think, and I think that has a lot to do with <clears throat> why a lot of spoken, but that kind of that misconception, but in, in some ways, why spoken word tends to be heavier yeah. because that is for a lot of artists, the only thing they have. Yeah, Open mics, not, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing that listen, that, that part, that part, nothing wrong with that. Right. And I'm, so I, I, and so, no, and I say that because I honestly, like, I kind of just had an epiphany. Like, yes, I agree with you 110%. But I think what we see on stage is the <laughs> the result of leaning on that one yeah. thing and not mm-hmm. other, other yeah, no, And I don't get me wrong. Of course, I love my scene, like, warts and all. But at the same time, <laughs> it should, you, you, you should need more to feel fulfilled. And I do love this movie. In the sense that it brings up some very strong conversation points. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think if you're ready for that part of your life to grow, you should watch this movie to push you forward if you're still not there yet. That's it. Well, I will honestly say I'm grateful. I'm giving the DV talk to a frat next week. And, um, and, and how they can be aware uh-huh. of it and all. I'm hell of putting this on there to watch list. <laughs> Yes. They, they, yeah. They, Good they luck. Need the after school special. Good luck. Um, Hopefully yeah. it works well. I really am rooting for you on that. Like, I'm sorry. Don't. I'm not holding my hopes up high for that. Like, sometimes stereotypes exist. <laughs> Maybe. But, Maybe little. But kind of I, I, I hope that someone finds something out of that and finds some, some relevation out of that. I'm and Sharon, why did you give it 1.5? Or no, you gave it, it a two. It I'm yeah. going to go cry in the corner and just drink my alcohol now. Make it hearty, my friend. How'd you give it a two, Sharon? <laughs> so this movie, it struck a chord because, like I said in the beginning with my commentary, it seems like, I hate to say it, just like y'all pointed out, this movie still like it took a way, the guy looked at Wade XL and said, we're going to cut everything out except <laughs> one person and make everything out that one person. And that's what they use. And they just put little poetry as little sprinkles 
and Dang. everybody in the, I mean, heck, I think I, Michael Beach was in that movie. His the will was in that movie. Was in mm-hmm. even wow. uh, even yeah. Tamala Jones was in one of those movies just like that too. So I was like, you yeah. know, he just called the black group. It's like you should have just called up Vanessa Williams and got freaking everybody else from that damn thing. You could have, yeah, but seriously, Aretha Frank, no, uh, Nita Baker, somebody else, get somebody over there. But it's still. I can't deal with you tonight, man. <laughs> Come on. Did write a freaking waiting to exhale movie, or not even, you don't have to be waiting to exhale. Why do we get married? Movie based Tyler Perry. If you want to throw Tyler Perry? Oh, okay, one hundred, one hundred. It did yes. have some Tyler Perry. Vibe. And basically, he pulled out, and every, and I hate to say it, but. And I think I, because I've been reading, I read up on the reviewers and stuff, and some of the bullcrap they were going, they're going by. But they made a good. Some of them made a good point. A lot of the poetry was rants. It wasn't poems. It was spoken word slams that were mm. rants, and they were saying unpleasant mm. rants. So a lot of times, it's like you're all pointing out about his poem. His poem was agonizing on her situation. Her last poem. It was basically agonizing the fact that she was being abused. It, it was everything that was pointed out to the, basically the theme of the movie. And I'm, I'm applauding, but I also look at it as, was that really necessary to go with? Mm-hmm. I still draw a straight issue with some dude telling another woman's story. And again, not even related to him. True. Not related to him. That was a bullshit move. That's just me, though. But, the, but in the in the spectrum of it, it did give a good analogy of like, as I as it's been explained, of what an abusive toxic relationship entails, and was mm-hmm. needed. Now, just like on two vice, the ending should have ended off with just her poem being done and not going back. And then seeing him have his, seeing Curtis's kid come out of nowhere, and he, and basically her going to a freaking, uh, going to a freaking meetings of abusive meetings class, and then having a bunch of women all being looked at, it's like yes, and having her do her poem about you know things you never said, and saying we need to breathe. It just is like, okay, now you hit, you didn't hit the nail on the head no more. You just chucked that into a coffin, into the ground, put nine feet of snow on that thing and said, screw it. Here's the dead horse. Here's the whip. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. We we basically never did it all in there. Everything's in there. It's a it's a turducken. That's a turducken of abuse. That's a turducken right there. I'm not. <laughs> I am not doing this tonight. Yeah, no, it's too late. We're there. We're there. We've been there. We've been there for God dang it. A freaking tu- I listen. I've heard a trauma. lot of things come out of your mouth. A turducken of motherfucking yes, trauma. It was. Best quote I've heard all week, true. <laughs> Jay wrote, now you need to do a poem of a turducken of motherfucking trauma. That'll be your That's next swimming slam, slam poem. Working on it. <laughs> so, so, here's the final question that's going to be asked for all y'all that I need to find out. Uh-huh. Would you recommend this movie to a non-poet, a poet, or both? 
or device? Um, nobody in particular. I, mean, I think I can, um, I would do it for, for people who are looking for a good representation of a very realistic uh, toxic relationship. Mm. A way to go, do convincing dialogue. I think if, it would be more for people who are who are looking for screenwriting, mm. and then just tell them to stop at the poem. Like cut off the last <laughs> ten, cut off those fucking pages. <laughs> this is where this is where you don't She's not cut. letting this go. No, I am mad about that shit. And like <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll I'll tell a bunch of frat boys to go watch it to see what you know what it looks like. Because um, they're frat boys and they're like twenty, and this is all new and. Hashtag woke. Um. I can't. <laughs> so, Marvin, question to you. Would you give this to uh, a not poet poet? I got to agree with Fonte Vice here. Like, yes, I would recommend this movie as a very good discussion point on what an abusive relationship looks like. But if you want some cathartic moment through art or slam poetry. If like you want to get into the slam spleen, yo, we got button poetry for that. Now we got right about now for that. Now we have so many, like literally this shit was made in 2013. I think mm-hmm. like, I think I like it was directed in 2013. Yep. The internet in all its glory was reaching this infancy of being as accessible as it was for a lot of people. Motherfucker still had a landline answering machine in one of the scenes and that blew my mind because i have i was i was gonna say that explains the bags yes yes, yes. it also explains that straw half fedora <laughs> <laughs> it does explain the fedora when did okay. Braille Vista social club better. come up now that yeah, i'm gonna go yeah. <laughs> but but no <laughs> that being said like if you need this for art you're the internet yeah. is there for now okay the internet in all its infinite glory will provide you with the art you need. <laughs> if you need a discussion piece straight up, like that hones in on a very specific thing that's not generalized, that beyond the scope of the internet, this movie will do it for you. Okay. Buena Vista Social Club was out in 99. Wow. Hey, Ro. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I I have to agree. Uh, I think it's a it's a great depiction of kind of that abusive relationship. Um, I think the overall theme and the kind of the the main points are are relatable in a lot of ways, like transitional period in your life. Um, I would say, like, I, yeah, in general, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think sometimes we like. We get geeked when we're like, oh, there's a, a movie and there's spoken word in it. Like, oh, if you're a spoken word poet, you, you'll, you'll have to watch this. And I don't feel that way. I think it's, it's the purpose of this movie would be, it would be more valuable using it mm-hmm. again to kind of show like, yo, this is kind of what it looks like when you're in a toxic cycle, right? Um, and I think this could be a great piece. Like if I were teaching like uh, some kind of, women's mm-hmm. studies or something that had to do with feminism, I would definitely, this would be a great talking yeah. point. So I think, you know, as a feminist, hell yeah. Well, or, you know, looking at how DV is portrayed in film, like it could be really well used in a class like that. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. 
So it could be education. That's why the more you know needs to come on at the end. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> Jazz hands. Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of I think a lot of stuff was taken from Tyler Perry. I hate to say it, it's like a lot of stuff was taken from Tyler Perry. Like he basically like Tyler Perry like betted him and said, "Yo, man, I bet you can't make a movie like mine." I bet you I can. And then it was that would be a petty bet. Make a petty film. Hey, listen. <laughs> and then I, I, I just want to say this one thing and then I'll, I know we're wrapping mm-hmm. it up, but that is another thing I, I don't love about this movie is the, and I, I say this about Tyler Perry's movie, the betrayal of yes. black men. There was, there were no character, uh, you know, his brother was cool, but he was still a douchebag. Mm-hmm. There were no, there were no, um, you know, men, even men of co- just color. Just bring this in, bring this in. Like, this can be a three-hour thesis well about... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's you know? cool. So let's that, make that this, was a That's cool. Up. Let's make this a three-hour thesis. I'm cool with that. Keep going. Keep going. No, that was... I just wanted... Because I feel like I would honestly... I, I, like, I, I think that's something media really needs to do better. And I think I would truly be remiss if I didn't mention that. I know, again, we're wrapping up, but... Um, I just want to say again, like I said, we're cool with this being a three yeah. hour thesis of like <laughs> issues with society and fuck Hollywood. You're, you're Keep going, man. This. You're not the one editing this, man. <laughs> That's why I'm okay with that. <laughs> Seriously. Damn. I'm the one editing this. Good grief. <laughs> Yeah, that's what <laughs> you're about to beat I, 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 I can't get to him, but I'm gonna find out. Like, I'm, I'm editing this, man. Zero, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Just send him Mulan gifts for the rest of the week on your phone. Oh, every episode, every I behave for one episode. That's I can give you one episode. And Sharon and, and I thought we needed to check in on you too. We were a little concerned when we realized that, <laughs> like, it must have been a really awful week for you to miss your Mulan rant. <laughs> I can give you one episode tops in one year of not me bitching about Mulan. <laughs> He's bitched about this movie, and it's we we, we every talked about episode, it. every episode he talks about. Well, oh. one episode he did not talk about. We, yeah. we were surprised. That was before I saw it. Okay. <laughs> yes. I refuse to watch it. You're doing yourself a favor. Yeah, it's awful. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. That's what I hear. Yeah, I'm good. Again, I like I said. <laughs> I will find several CGI small children wow. and sacrifice them to the CGI gods. Wow. I don't know who you are. Who are you? See, this is this is the real happening. This is this is this is what this is the this is the film from it, Marduk, that we hear every day. Every time I go on the show, he. I'm here, here for it. For it. I'm here for it. Literally, I'm here. The for travesty it. that is Mulan must be undone. I'm just wow. saying. <laughs> I had to give you a moment. Now you're just going off, aren't you? Look, I'm just saying, it was filmed in a fucking internment I, camp I city. Wow, you can't let it go. I will not let it go. <laughs> well, I'm going to cut do you the, off. Do the social media tags, because you got a lot to run. I know, that's what I'm going to say. Like, I'm going to let it go. It's like, we're going to stop here. I will unleash a metaphorical <laughs> storm of rage on Disney and the main actress for her bullshit. Get up. And you like soul? What the what the heck was up with that, man? Wait, what's wrong with soul? No, no, no. Do okay, the okay. You gotta render this shit, and I want you to come to bed tonight. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no you can't do this no. to me. Yes, what no. happened with soul? Stop. We can do this after afterwards, but once he stops recording, then well, the computer can do its thing. 
Really? And then he ain't come to bed tonight. What, what, you got to go on? How dare you? How dare you? Don't do that. Yeah, man, do, the, man. do the social media tag. Okay. So, as you see, people, that we got together was seven point. I, I had a count. Sorry. My bad. There's my account. Seven out of 12. Yes. I had a count. What? Seven out of 12 snaps. Wait. What? Wait. Wait, Marvin. And now, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mute you. Why, Pixar? <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm behaving. So we're going to go on our social media. Jeanette, J-Ro, give them your social media that you would like to allow them to get a hold of if you want. Yeah. Follow me. Come hang out with me virtually, of course. You can find me at Row.rights on Instagram. So R O W E dot rights, like W R I T E S. And then um, on Facebook, I, you can find me as Jeanette Sem. You add me or follow me, I'll add or follow you back. Let's be friends. And she'll also be a guest feature on Izzy Lala's podcast. <gasps> Huzzah! Yeah, that's. Tomorrow, actually, she's dropping we'll that. See. You can catch it on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So check that out. We will so see. Check it out. Look for Izzy Lala, another poet in sack. He's dope. Yeah. But yeah, you can catch that one on Spotify. Right? I think Apple Music and her website, IzzyLala.com. Or you can hear about the one I interviewed of J-Ro on yeah. Ambic Poetry Podcast. Yeah. yeah, listen to it. It's great. Because yeah. Sharon is great. Duh, that's my brother. Okay. <laughs> Auntie Vice. <laughs> you can find me at Auntie Vice on most social media. And this month, on February 19th, I'm on Capital Storytelling's main stage mm-hmm. doing my love letter to KP revolutionaries and you can find me uh, teach on the 27th teaching ouch kink aging and chronic illness um, so come check Hello. Marvin you can find me at starvinmarvin09 on IG and you will not find me stealing voices of other fucking things oh Pixar why yes I don't even know what's happening it's coming to train Thank you, people. That, <laughs> that is our show. You, once again, have heard. We gave this movie a 7 out of 12 snaps. Please, look back at all our, our social media. I am at Iambiczine. That is I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. Check everything we do on our social medias. And once again, just want to let you know, we will do another movie since it is. This is the first week of Black History Month. <gasps> the next movie Woo! we're doing is Love Jones. Oh, that's a classic! Well, we're featuring her again. <laughs> you want to come back? I'm next okay week? with it. I'm okay I with it. I would love to Hell come yeah. back. I think we should have you back. Okay. Yeah. I think we got her. I think we got it. Anonymous vote. I think J Rose coming back for Love Jones. I'm coming back, yeah. y'all. We're gonna have all black movies this month, so you'll be you'll be amazed and mesmerized, well, and entertained. So, 
come come back once again to real poetry where we see poetries, pictures, and popcorn. Peace, y'all. Peace.